Hello, I'm Felix, and welcome to You Gotta Hack That, the podcast all about the security behind the Internet of Things. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about prosthetics. Prosthetics are limbs that have been manufactured for those who have lost them or were born without them. For example, an amputee that has just lost a leg to a motorcycle accident, uh, or perhaps someone who has lost a foot to diabetes. Fake limbs have been around for a very long time. Just think wooden-legged pirate and you'll get the, the general idea. It is in relatively recent years, though, that they have become connected to the internet. After posting on LinkedIn and trying to find someone to discuss smart prosthetics with, I've had the good fortune of talking with two different people with different aspects of that surrounding their, their work life or their personal life. The first lost their leg some time ago, about 40 years, uh, in a motorcycle accident and has recently started the transition to a, a smart leg. The second is in the process of developing some smart tech that helps sufferers of severe diabetes manage the risk of losing a limb. The point here is to help prevent the need for a prosthetic in the first place, though. So it's kind of before you get to the prosthetics bit, but it's still smart tech. I'm not naming these two individuals today, but I am very grateful for the time that they've given me to, to discuss these two interesting aspects. Both of these devices fit nicely into the, the group of medical devices that use Bluetooth low energy to connect to the, the user's smartphone for their smart functionality, for the connectivity. The diabetes-related limb loss prevention technology has two major functions at the moment. The first is to alert the user about behavior and activity that might increase their risk of limb loss. The second function is about providing data to the researchers behind this product. This tech is still in development and it's going through clinical trials to prove its effectiveness. The smart leg is designed to be able to perform functions such as walking down slopes or leg over leg downstairs without needing to hold onto handrails. This is only now possible because the, the computation power and the battery power uh, required to do this is finally small enough to fit into a, a leg. It is also clever enough to recognize when the user is stumbling and it attempts to do things like assist them by stiffening up the knee and, and keeping them uh, upright. The artificial leg has connectivity to enable the user to change the device's configuration. For example, it has a um, like a, a skiing mode, a cycling mode, uh, and obviously like a normal working mode as well. These modes change the way the device behaves, its responsiveness, and so on. Presumably, the smart leg can also deliver the usage data to clinicians and to researchers as well, if that was you know, allowed by the individual wearing it. So why would an attacker be interested in smart legs or the limb loss prevention kit? It's interesting that both of the people I spoke to immediately said that they thought no one would be bothered hacking into their system or to their leg or whatever. Um, and when asked why, they were both essentially answered in the same way. Um, I think the, the answer was like, effectively, I'm not a celebrity. Why would they want to? Or it's not that exciting uh, information. Why would they want to? And I sort of agree with that sentiment. But I also think that they might not be thinking outside the box enough to see what a, a hacker might think. Just to be clear, though, I don't think hacking into these devices is likely to result in the user uh, of those devices um, starring in the, the real-life version of the Wallace and Gromit's Wrong Trousers episode or some sort of blend between Terminator and the 1980s movie The Hand. So what other concerns could there be? Well, my opening gambit to both of these individuals was a form of privacy invasion. They both immediately said, it's just leg data, so what? And there 
the interest was kind of peaked, I guess, when I explained that radio frequency kit, like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, uses addresses and names to communicate with each other, and that these qualities can, in the correct configuration, be uniquely identifiable. I've worked in the past with retail organizations uh, that were actively trying to track individuals in their stores so that they could advertise to them accurately. Their aim was to identify regular visitors and work out their purchasing habits by correlating approximate positions in the shop uh, with the sales. That way, the next time that uh, identity was found in the store, they would be able to play specific adverts to them on the the big screens or, or whatever. Irrespective of the ethics in doing this, the fact is that a badly configured Bluetooth interface can readily provide this type of unique identifier. A quick note here, though, about the law, because I think this is another area that they hadn't really clocked. Uh, And that's specifically that um, whilst I'm not a lawyer, I'm fairly confident that the data generated by a smart prosthesis or a diabetes care device would be classed as special category data under the General Data Protection Regulations, or GDPR, as it's better known. If that is proved to be the case, then that means that the data must be heavily protected. Uh, Though it doesn't specify the technical controls that would be required, it does specify that the the data handler, the people who operate this information and the systems, need to have come up with a plan for for making this uh, protected adequately. Um, there are no exceptions in GDPR for you know boring medical data. It either is or it isn't, and so therefore um, they they most likely do need to protect it in that manner. People also often forget about good old fashioned denial of service. Uh, for example, it would be possible to drain the battery of the smart leg so that it ran out of power mid stride. I don't know. Maybe would that result then in the user falling over? Timing of that would be maybe a bit tricky, but there could be variations with a similar effect. It is worth discussing the segregation of duties that uh, well-designed operational technology has in specific reference to to the example I've just given. Um, So, for example, it is highly likely that the smart leg uh, and the the lost limb prevention technology uh, will have... uh, one computer to do the communication on the Bluetooth stack um, and a totally separate one for controlling the activities uh, that you know actually go into the smart tech. So in the, in the leg example, the actuators that control the knee. Not only does this mean that the engineering task is a bit easier to deal with because you do it in chunks, but also a side effect of this is the fact that the critical components, the bit that actually runs it, um, have a reduced direct exposure level. Uh, because they don't have you know, a Bluetooth connection, so they can't be interfaced with directly. In practice, this means that if an attacker manages to denial of service the connectivity to the leg, it shouldn't really affect its core functionality, so it should still carry on working like you'd expect. Let's also not forget intellectual property theft. This is another thing that most people kind of don't really think about unless they're in big corporate organizations. It isn't always about those end users and their data after all. Um, It is more than possible uh, that the development time that goes into creating a smart leg or the the algorithm that enables the proactive management of those at risk of amputation for the diabetes tech is significant and valuable. Uh, And so if that data is stealable um, through one one or other vulnerabilities, then uh, those those 
competitors would be at a real advantage because they don't need to do that work themselves or they can uh, reverse engineer it and improve it before they get to the point where anybody else is uh, at market properly. There's loads of different ways you could potentially steal intellectual property. Um, and, and, you know, the, the great example is, is actually, can I physically access one of these legs and therefore be able to extract the firmware from them? So attack surfaces, uh, I, I've done a lot of discussion around the uh, the kind of attacker's desired impact here because that's the stuff that was really prevalent in the conversations that I had with those individuals. Um, but I need to reflect that the fact that there is uh, quite a lot of different technical aspects to this. Um, so without neglecting uh, the, the kind of... Uh, components uh, that are here that might well be of interest to an attacker. I, I kind of have a, a bit of a small list, really. So predominantly for, for these devices, the ones I came up with was the Bluetooth crypto and authentication mechanism, uh, the, the Bluetooth like, application layer interface, uh, and then potentially like a web application, the, the APIs that go with that and the infrastructure that supports that web application. Um, there's likely to be a smartphone app where if you had another app on the same smartphone, you might be able to extract data from the app's directory on your smartphone. Very much depends on the configuration of the app there. Um, and then you've got the physical interfaces to each component. So I'm thinking things like JTAG or uh, you know an SPI connection between flash storage or something along those lines. It isn't a long list, but there are quite a lot of different attack techniques to consider and attempt to control within that. And some of them are quite, you know, advanced bits of uh, of thinking of, of techniques uh, in general uh, that need to be looked after. So you need the expertise to go with that. When performing risk analysis, it is easy to think of each of these impacts and attack surfaces individually and ignore what happens when the attacker combines them. The cumulative effect of several attacks might well be really impressive uh, and add up to the, the, uh, the total of the sum of the parts. For example, what about physically attacking the device to change the firmware so that when the attacker sends a specific Bluetooth command, the leg waggles around a bit? This would be potentially fatal if the individual was, say, at the top of a flight of stairs or you know, on the top of the Empire State Building or something like that. So what do I think? I think this technology is really cool. It's the stuff we have been promised in science fiction for many years. It seems unlikely but not impossible that an attacker would target an individual that uses these technologies, as frankly, the effort to do so would vastly outweigh the benefits versus a more traditional attack, you know, bashing them over the head with a, a hammer or something like that. The larger scale attacks are conceivably more likely, but in practice, this is likely also to be motivated by the potential to generate money. So I'm thinking ransomware attacks and that kind of thing, rather than trying to, to steal the medical data, because I'm not sure I can see that being particularly easy to monetize on the dark net. The surveillance and privacy concerns are absolutely likely, though. Um, the question here is whether or not anybody really cares or is the, the benefit of these tech and the connectivity there worth the sacrifice? It's not to say that it can't be done in a way that is privacy preserving. It's just we don't uh, yet really do that by default. Privacy invasion is a massive topic and a lot has been made of it over the years. But as a population, we appear to have just kind of accepted it as a normal fact of life in return for access to technology. I'm not sure I'm happy with this, but it's the way the world has gone. So would I use these technologies if they were useful to me? Um, absolutely, yes, I would. I think they're great.
Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please give the show a rating or review in your podcast app. Tweet about it, post it somewhere. We would really appreciate it. To talk to us about any aspect of the show, suggest a future topic, or to ask a question about IoT security, please get in touch via email on helpme at yg.ht with at gotta underscore hack via Twitter or for searching us on LinkedIn. Look for You Gotta Hack That. <laughs>